You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white saber films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we got a movie that I... (laughs) I, We're going to talk about it. I I had a hard time with this one because there's a lot... You had a hard time? There's a lot to unpack. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but I wanted to start with a conversation that has some intellectual merit to it just because the rest of this podcast is going to be fucking stupid. (laughs) It's going to be some old bullshit. (laughs) So, you know, for the listeners, here's, here's your bit of like, you know, actual conceptual thought about something and then like just you know i mean you know obviously we'd like you to listen to the rest of the show but uh this is this might be the only intelligent commentary you get uh for the the next next hour (laughs) so yeah i feel like we we have uh, maybe somewhat i guess a responsibility to to unpack some of this because i haven't watched it so i want to i'm assuming you have just because you usually are more up on these things than I am, but Swarm is out, and it is the topic ah, of conversation mm. amongst a lot of people for various reasons. Yes, um, I again have. Not... I have watched the first one. Okay. I've only watched one. All right, so yeah, like in the same. Does it feel like them? Does it feel like no? Okay, no, no. It just it does not feel like them. Even though it is like the well. Other than Harlem, it's like the blackest show that Amazon's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it does not feel like them, but it does reek of something worrisome. Does it feel like Queen and Slim? <sighs> no, it does not. It does not feel like Queen and Slim. Okay. I can actually say that. Because if you're not aware, you know, Swarm is a show that is, um, and let me get everybody's names correct uh because i'm that's how out of it i am like i think that i understand like i understand what is the 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 pushback but i'm not really quite sure what everybody's roles were so um swarm is a a series that is on amazon prime now that's streaming it's created by donna glover and janine uh nabiers um but is that how you say her name is it neighbors is it nabiers I would assume it's neighbors. Neighbors, okay. Uh, it's, it's spelled neighbors, and she's American, so I'm gonna guess yeah. neighbors. Um, so yes, Jenny neighbors. Uh, so the thing about it is, like, it's a show that has a interesting premise, right? In the sense of like, it's it's looking at yes these relationships between fans and celebrities in the social media age. Um, and these kind of parasocial relationships, it's very nakedly like creating this Beyonce type character and her, you know, like fan base. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to feel Atlanta ish in terms of it being almost like a surreal, like, you know, hyper realistic, like things are turned up to a to a place where you're just like, oh, this is like 
happening you know but like it's it's got an extra i guess filter of reality on it right where it's not necessarily like yeah yeah that's that's probably the best way to describe it is that it's got a filter of reality on it and sometimes that filter gets stretched in different directions pulled in different directions but always with that like sheen of this is kind of like your life it's just not exactly like your life right and so Dominique Fishback is the star, right? And uh, mm, she's mm. she's getting a, a, a varied <laughs> response. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> um, I don't think people necessarily have a problem with her performance in terms of like she acted it very well. I think people's problem is more her character. Uh, the and, character. And, and not being able to separate that a person can play a character and be... Right. Strange. Right. And so Donald Glover is somebody <laughs> whose relationship He's a person. surrounding <laughs> black women is not necessarily always been in a good light. Not the best. Uh, not the best. Black he could do have, better. Yeah. Black women have repeatedly called him out for various things, um, uh, whether they're comments that he's made, whether it's some lyrics in his Childish Gambino uh, music, whether it's, you know, stuff from Atlanta and, or that interview where he, he was, he was on that the first he, time I fucked a white girl before Kendrick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was on that before Kendrick. Well, first was, time I fucked a white girl. For, for him, it was, it was, it's Asian woman, but. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. <laughs> These are quotes from Donald Glover uh, about the character, which have not necessarily been received and i don't know what way he intended for them to be received because he said this in the interview I, so he was speaking to somebody i have not heard this i've he, not heard these yet. and he said this knowing that this was going to be then reprinted as his words <laughs> in an interview so i mean take it as you will uh, this is from a Vulture interview, uh, and Glover said they purposefully did not talk to Fishback about her character's backstory. I kept telling her, you're mm. not regular people. You don't have to find the humanity in your character. That's the audience's job, he said. He announced that it made it harder for her. She really was lost a lot of the time, he said. He told Fishback. He said he told Fishback, think of it more like an animal and less like a person. Actors in general, they want to get layered performances, and I don't think Dre is that layered, he told me. I wanted her performance to be brutal. It's a raw thing. It's a, it's a, it reminds me of how I have a fear with dogs, because I'm like, you're not looking at me in the eye. I don't know what you're capable of. And so, <laughs> you can see how uh, black women... Say... <laughs> yeah, why he use those terms? Why was that the first thing he thought to say to black women about... Oh, my God. About something that is... Okay. <laughs> Let's walk. Let's walk this all the way back. You know, we all know about Donald Glover and his uh, varied takes on black women. Sure. Um, not the best. However, he's got to know that this second show of his, Post Atlanta, is centered around a lead character that is a woman. Uh, it's centered around. One of the most, uh, well, at least uh, uh, a doppelganger for one of the biggest feminist icons of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And their relationship between the two. Why did he think that 
speaking to a black woman about their character, the first word he would choose to use is animals, like dogs. Yeah. You just, it's like the, oh man, it's like the optics, man. It's like, I'm not going to teach you how to be you, right? I'm never going to tell you how to well, do you, yeah. Donald. But talk to, oh my God. Yeah. Well, I guess my, it, <laughs> my question is, because, I mean, we could dwell on this forever, uh, but it, it did get me wondering, because this is something that I, I give a lot of thought to, I guess, just because, you know, in my work, and I'm curious, too, like, when you're writing characters as well, um, mm. like, I feel like the next step in terms of, like, the evolution of, of Black creatives is being allowed to, mm. to create flawed and, like, not good black people yes you know this is I something mean? i want to talk about this is something <laughs> i've actually wanted to talk about for a long time uh, so i'm glad you brought this up i didn't know you, you were going yeah because I'm, I'm just curious like um so this is go ahead go ahead oh no I, I was Sorry. i was just gonna say like I, I i feel like obviously there is an impetus now not only to get you know black voices in a room and who knows how not even how well that's working but just like the effects mm -hmm. of that, you know what I mean? Um, but like for the time being, at the very least, like there's a there's a small crack in the door and like we're able to kind of slip in here and there and, you know, do some things. Um, right. But I feel like there there would more or less be a hesitancy on, you know, a lot of companies parts to have stories where it's like, oh, that that that's a bad black person you know that person is like doing go, yeah. bad things or like bad maybe things isn't like you know the 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 kind of like morally uh you know lovable or like justifiable character like somebody who at the end of the day you can say yes you know i identify with them as the hero because what they're doing is unjustified like unquestionably good right like their intentions their right. motives um, their beliefs like align with mine and what I, you know, hold to be good things, right? As opposed to <laughs> not even just like a villain, although I feel like villains are, are definitely, you know, something that even if you're just looking at it from a mathematics standpoint, like that's more roles, right? Like if we can play yeah. Yeah, sure. both sides, you know, then we can get more work because then we are able to portray, you know, not just the heroes, but the villains, or, you know, people right. in, a, in a morally questionable place. But then on top of that, you know, I mean, you look at, you know, all of these movies that have these three-dimensional, morally questionable white characters where, you know, they're able to do all kinds of things. I mean, even looking at, like, a Uncut right. Gems or, you know, things like that where you're just Perfect like, oh, example. man, yeah, like... I, I'm watching the train wreck happen in real time and like, you know, right. this person is doing things that I don't agree with and I am almost kind of hoping something bad happens to them so that they get the comeuppance yeah. that feels like is earned with, you know, the actions that I'm With I'm any watching. person. Yeah. Right. Um, but then right. when it's a black person, then it's kind of like, huh, you know, and then when it's a black woman and then when it's a black queer person and then it's like, you know, on down the yeah. line, like there's we're and obviously the answer is let black people do it but now we have a show where they let black right. people do it and <laughs> there's I, a lot well, of questions about like well how did what like what's happening uh, so yeah i just well, i'd like to hear your take well i'd like i'd like to start my take um 
Three simple words. Fuck Bill Cosby. Uh, <laughs> fuck Bill Cosby because he ruined it for everybody, okay? Mm. Think about this. When Bill Cosby came up, you know, or when uh, the Cosby show uh, was airing in the early 80s, one of the biggest problems with pretty much all other black culture was you were being held to uh, a certain standard, right? Mm-hmm. Bill Cosby set that standard. Uh, and you'll hear Eddie Murphy tell the story about like, you know, Bill was like, hey, call, called Eddie Murphy up after he saw Raw and was like, I don't know why you got to talk with the full flam yeah, and the right. and with the saying all that. And Eddie Murphy is one of the funniest motherfuckers to walk the planet, right. undeniably, right? So, like, Bill Cosby be damned, you know? You give a shit. However, <laughs> however, he, be, he, he created this realm that Black people kind of had to live in that went just from then on, right? Because before Bill Cosby, we have Black exploitation. Yeah. We have uh, Black people doing all kinds of stuff in film. But he's, um, he's in kind of out pseudo exploitation kind of movies, and he, again, surprisingly, we learned and helped he financed Sweet Sweet Packs Badass Song. There you go. Which is like there you go. The, yes. it, depending on how you look at it, either the least or most Bill Cosby thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, he was calling women hoes in Uptown Saturday Night and all that kind of shit. He's yeah. not. He's he's the one too. He's the problem too. Right. But what, what happened from the nineties on was that. Black, it, black representation in film became about respectability. Right. It ca- became about that for white people, and it became about that because black people had to survive in Hollywood. Right. You didn't have, a, you still don't really have a lot of like black villains or like black people doing just like shit in our own movies, like bad shit in our own movies. Right, right. Very rarely. And I mean, I, I feel like crime movies are specific, you mm-hmm. know, crime yeah. movies are unto themselves. That's crime. That that whole genre is it to itself. But however, like it's no, a noticeable gap, right? It's a noticeable right. gap that we don't have any. We have black villains sometimes, and now we have like the biggest black villain in uh, Kang coming up in these Marvel Which films. We're still we're but, still questioning if he is indeed a black man or just an actor who happens to be black playing this character, and we'll we'll get playing answers. this one character. Yeah, we'll all find out apparently. Yeah. Stay to the end of Ant Man is all we have to say. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's this like tough road we have to walk, and it's, like we can't be sinister in films unless, it, it, and it's never on its terms. I think that's mm. what it is. Sorry, I'm trying to collect all these thoughts. I've, yeah. I've had all these thoughts like kind of like in you know their selective thought bubbles, sure, but I've never really put them together in any kind of like thesis. But yeah. yeah. The the problem the I I think the the I think there's a problem with it mm-hmm. straight up and I think that's what I've devoted my work to in in uh, when I do screenwriting or when I create characters I try to create characters that are that would do stuff that white people have been doing in the movies <laughs> for decades right right but there's just no black perspective and I think I'm trying to find the the way to do that without being corny pretty yeah, much right because it's one thing to make like a, a black movie that has you know like like a medicine for melancholy which is basically like the black answer to uh be- one of the before films yeah 
before uh, midnight, before sunset. But also, where are kind of our like milk toast movies, our like middle brow movies, or where are middle brow television? We're finally starting to get that. Well, we're not starting to get that. It's been happening over the last like I would say five, ten yeah, years. Shout out Tyler and maybe. Yeah, shout out to Tyler. <laughs> I mean, he's sort of doing the work a little bit, right? He's sort of doing the work by putting us in situations that a have people who become villainous as a result of getting things AIDS. that happen to them. <laughs> getting AIDS. sadly, those things are getting AIDS are being cheated on, and then they become allegories for like female kinship and and female pride. But it's like you know, hey, we're not going. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to knock the man's formula. If he's going to get us to the mountaintop eventually, we got to have people that we got to climb on the backs of. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, all this to say, all this to say, that we do kind of need stuff like Swarm. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we really do need stuff like Swarm. And I would be in the camp of people who are who would praise Dominique Fishback's performance in that on that show, or at least from the pilot what i saw yeah which is kind of like sadly it is like this animalistic performance it's this primal performance uh and it's also uh something we don't see discussed very much so in film which is um black female mental illness um and that being morphed with this crime plot and with this like mental deterioration mental deterioration mm-hmm. that she's going under and the sinister undertones that lie within they just don't make for a good match and yeah. also in Donald Glover's kind of clumsy hands this show can be read the wrong way I've seen takes that go, you know, the complete opposite way and are actually trying to explore her mental illness and what's actually going on with the character. And that's also like, it's that kind of like appreciation for it that makes me want to go further with the character. Yeah. But it's things that worry me. The shit that worries me is with the creator of the show, or at least one of the creators of the show. I'm not going to say I don't know how much he was involved if yeah, it's 50-50 right, right, or right. like 60-40 or whatever, but him telling Dominic Fishback to like just be an animal or to be like a dog is not that don't that don't sound good. It's like the optics. You know. hear what you're saying? That's what you can. There are other ways to say animalistic. You could say primal. You could say um, guttural or something like that. You could say there are yeah. all kinds of ways to talk about what he's trying to get at that are outside of animalistic or mm-hmm. you know just be better bro do yeah. better like you already know the eyes is watching you. why would you talk like that <laughs> yeah i mean i think you know the the trickiest part is always just that level of nuance right that you have to add to things to make sure that it's not just oh yeah we're we're giving you these we're doing these that things for that, sake Right, because, you know, there's there's a reason for the respectability politics in so much as that if if we're going to get a shot, right, like, you know, people's justification, though, is always, well, like, you know, we got to make something that's going to make people proud or make people feel, you know, some mm. kind of way or like, right. you know, we're, we're only going to get this shot or that shot. And so we have to do something, you know, interesting. But I think when you look at something like 
people will often cite, and there's many feelings about this as well, but uh, Killmonger from Black Panther as like yeah. an example of a villain that was able to, you know, be a, a completely realized three-dimensional character doing bad things, but also justification, reasoning, you know, and like you could get right. a look at some of the interiority. He wasn't just a monster who was like, you know, killing people you know, left and right, right? Like, he took it too far. Or, and there's a know, bit of that in Swarm. There's yeah. a bit of that. Okay. There's a bit of that going there, There's a bit of that going on in Swarm, and I think part of what people are reacting to is there's a mystery quality a little bit. Yeah. You don't have all the information up front. Mm -hmm. And so when some of the bad things start to happen and you kind of, like, follow her choices, you're kind of thrown off guard at least like the first two bad things that happened in the pilot you're you're kind of like wait why is she reacting like this yeah who i mean she's just weird she's not like <laughs> deadly or is she deadly like what, what one of uh damson idris's character refers to her as got them scary ass eyes like it, it's just stuff like that you don't really have like the whole thing to go mm -hmm. on you just have like these uh quick interactions with other characters that are right. soon to be, you know, gone. You don't even have their own perspective on it after a while. So you're kind of just left with like, she's weird like that. And then she's doing bad things, but then you get a glimpse of like, that might be why, or this might be why. Mm -hmm. And then you have to hopefully follow that rabbit hole for seven more episodes to get your answers. Right. So I think that's a little bit what people are rubbing up against is like, they don't have all the answers first yeah. and maybe you know, that gut reaction. We all want to have that gut reaction. Like, man, what are you doing? What are you doing to those black people? And then, right, like, right. you know, four episodes later, it might actually be, like, justified or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's interesting to note, right? Like, even in, like, the horror space, Candyman is really the only black, you know, villain or monster that has yeah. existed in, in any real way. Yeah. I mean, unless you count Predator. Um, but I feel like... <laughs> I mean, Predator only really be fucking with niggas. Like, we are present every time. But that's fucked up. Yeah. But. Well, I just feel like there's there's definitely a room and space for it, and I think you know, at least for me, it, it always comes down to presenting somebody in the same way that you would present the hero, right? You know what I mean? Like, they need to have the same level of investigation into motives and wants and desires and all that stuff as anybody else does because i mean look we know black people who are either like not good people you know in the same way that like anybody's not sure. a good person but right. then there's also levels to it depending on how you want to get into it like there's some there's some niggas out here who ain't for us right you know what i mean and they're doing some stuff <laughs> and that could be considered villainous and like as much as i don't understand a Herman Cain or uh, Candace Owens or, you know, these other people. It's like, well, there's motivation and reasoning behind it. Is it money? Right. Possibly. Is it, you know, self-hatred? Possibly. You know what I mean? Like there's Possible. a lot of ways to go about it, but I think there's <laughs> a lot of interesting ways to, to look at it. And even just, you know, from a, a perspective of, you know, somebody who is, you know, often facing depression and, and things like that, like, same thing with Killmonger. Like, niggas just angry. Just mad. Just you know, upset. Just have right. had enough. And, like, 
as much as it might be, you know, there's a level of, of self-destruction when you look at something like Native Son, right? And Bigger Thomas as somebody sure. who's like sure. not a bad person in the, he did in the entire... He did something right. bad. He did something yeah, he bad. He did something bad, but... And then, like, followed himself to... down a hole that just, everything just got worse. Right. You know what I mean? Um, right. And so, like... He let his negative feelings yeah. take over that event. But then and, make, and allowed it to get worse for himself. And a lot of that was was already colored by his situation, you know, the way that the world viewed him, you know, a lot of these other things. And so, like, there's there's certainly ways to like nuance these situations and like right. come at them in a way where you're you're having these characters who are clearly not protagonists. They're protagonists, but they're not heroes, right? Like they're, they're protagonists. They're the people that you're right. following in the story, but they're not necessarily like. They're just yay. <laughs> they're just complex characters. Yeah, yeah, they're just complex characters. Like, okay, so like the reason there's not a black American psycho, right, is because like we don't do shit like that. Sure, <laughs> right. We ain't rich. First enough, we ain't rich enough <laughs> to like have crazy like stereo systems yeah. and brag about our Stevie Wonder vinyl or whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, our Gap Band. But at the same. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Did you know Nile Rogers like quit Steve <laughs> four or five seconds? Even though it was his corporation. Um I think what we're not ready for is having the conversation about black anger without Dr. Umaring it all yeah. the time or like psychoanalyzing it. Mm-hmm. Because black anger is deeply rooted in you know, uh, ancestral struggles, mm-hmm. generational struggles, mm-hmm. that should just be in our blood. We mm-hmm. don't realize that we're anxious because of the, the things that our ancestors went through simply because of that, you know? Yeah. Right. And now we're getting to a point where we're getting a little bit more farther removed from civil rights. We're getting a little bit more farther removed from, we had a black president, right? We think we good now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're in a little bit, even though, even though, you know, don't get safe. Don't get excited. <laughs> But like, but you know, like it's not as hard for us yeah. as it was for our parents. It's, and the work is the art is going to start being influenced by that. Yeah. So Donald Glover is going to make work on the back of his ancestors, but like, but he's like, oh, but I didn't go through that, you know. And now I can talk. I can talk about this freely, or we can have a uh, a black female protagonist who commits murder. Yeah. And. I'm not going to explain it. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about it and see and see how it sits in the air. Mm-hmm. Like Atlanta was the ultimate experiment. Yeah. I mean, famously he sold it to FX without telling them what right. show he actually wanted to make. And then the show we got was actually like 20 times better than what he would have sold them ever. Right. Right. And within that show, he was able to explode stereotypes and, you know, show us in lights that we hadn't been seen before. And we enjoyed that. That's mm-hmm. the stuff we enjoyed. So I I don't know how he's responding to this backlash right now, but I'm sure he's probably confused by it where we're kind of like not confused by yeah. it. Because <laughs> we see it, right? Yeah. We didn't create it. Right. We, we didn't have the boldness of voice to be like, yeah, I'm going to have her like stab a bunch of people and not explain herself. And I'm just going to have, you know, violent acts happen and just... Uh, 
and kind of smush them up against like laugh lines or like uncomfortable moments to make you feel different things that you would have felt in like, say, for example, like a David Lynch movie, mm -hmm. right? Like the kind of content you're going to get from Martin Scorsese even, I would say he references that with the violence right up against like comedy moments yeah, like in goodfellas I mean, if, if or you have like, like a black black taxi driver you know what i mean like that's a right very different right movie, exactly you know? we couldn't <laughs> have had a taxi driver in 72 because that person white people would have thought they were a serial killer right yeah. but if he's or robert black De Niro, then it's adorable and he'll, yeah <laughs> like, i mean for real it's what it's 20 2018 it was 2016 before we got like black panther in the theater yeah the superhero black panther in the theater and white people didn't think we were actually going to riot in the streets and, yeah. like, take their daughters. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we're kind of at the next level of this where, like, okay, our culture is the monoculture now. Mm -hmm. So now that it's the monoculture and we're telling stories from our perspectives, can we be influenced by the hard, harsher things that have come before, you know? Yeah. Like, white people who make weird, fucked up crime movies all the time or, like, right. you know? The Brian De Palmas of the world, or the you know, from my film heads, the Gaspar Noes of the world, who make yeah. like all these Michael Haneke's or whoever, all these I mean, we can, filmmakers we, we who got make them these depraved too. ass movies for white people. Yeah, we can we can we get some of that? We can do that yeah, too. Yeah, we got we got black people who can do that stuff. Um, yeah, but I, don't let white people make Harriet. Don't no. <laughs> let that happen again. Well, don't. I, I don't think, let it happen again. I don't think we have a choice. I think that's going to continue to happen uh, until somebody. I swear like, to God, if another white person makes like Antebellum again or something, I'm going to fucking flip. Uh, a white person's <laughs> going to make the Marcus Garvey movie, and you're going <laughs> to. <laughs> that already uh, feels like an Atlantic yeah, joke. <laughs> I know. Well, I guess I'll. I'll... Marcus Garvey. <laughs> Revolution directed by fucking Luke Besson. <laughs> Yeah, Noah Bomberg. Uh <laughs> Noah Bombex. Noah Bombex Revolution. Sorry, um, Will Smith. I guess I'll leave it at, you know, for for my money, the most complicated, nuanced black character we've gotten so far has been Omar from The Wire, in terms of somebody who's been able to Ooh. be so many things in one character. So many things. And you know yes. kind of go back and forth between somebody that you're rooting for and somebody you're like I don't know, Omar. <laughs> I don't know, man. You might not be making the right, best choice right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and you were with him I, the I whole agree. time. You I know, agree. whether you whether you were for or against whatever he was doing, you still were captivated by the character right. and wanted to see what he was going to do next. And I feel like you know, it's possible. We could certainly do it. It's just about like whether or not that's something that people are going to put the effort into. But more also, you know, like is that something that is going to get the amount of time to you know marinate and like develop you know marinate, for us to yeah, actually yeah. like take it all in um but we bullshitted for half an hour because we're talking about Ernest <laughs> goes to africa <laughs> and uh <laughs> what a transition i guess oh we have to God. talk about the movie now because it's been it's been 30 minutes about Ernest I know. Goes to africa. if you're Shit. if you're listening to this episode you saw the title and you're just like are they gonna get to the movie i guess we're gonna get to the movie now we but, got to i guess now but you asked for it. you guys asked for it you well here's the thing we didn't ask for it. i i yeah. i threw it out to you i said Cameron, what do you want to watch this week since we don't have a guest and you said don't do this don't put that on me don't Ernest put that goes on me. 
I'm not, this, I'm it not, was between two movies, but it was between two movies. It was between this and something like some boring historical bio. I was like, no, man. No, well, we man, have we, we have like to do gotta, it. Yeah, like you don't discover Ernest goes to Africa and not <laughs> not watch not the movie. Do it, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, I guess for people who don't know Ernest, Ernest uh, is a character that is portrayed by Jim Varney. It's a weird, I, like, I'll start off, uh, and, it, and we can talk about this briefly, too, because you were saying that you'd seen some of the artist movies. I'd seen not a one. I've never... Okay. See, I, I know of artists just because of the zeitgeist of the 90s, and, like, I have an understanding we all there. of, you know, the jokes of, you know, like, all the parody. Artist goes to, like, all these other situations, and, like... Yep. I you know, but like basically hearing, a joke of itself. Yeah, hearing the story of it, it's still kind of like, what happened? So Ernest is the creation of Jim Varney and uh, John Cherry, who owned a like advertising company in um, I want to say like the Tennessee area, and like they got together. And created Ernest, you know, Jim Varney had been doing like stand up and doing like, you know, some definitely some comedic roles, but like, you know, different like variety show roles for a while. And so, you know, he took the job and was kind of looking for a change of pace, you know, something a little bit more steady in terms of like, you know, doing advertising and things like that. They create this Ernest character. Ernest becomes a big hit locally. You know, he's selling all kinds of products. And I guess the, the, the hook of it is that. There is a character named Vern, which is you, the audience, because Ernest is always speaking directly to the camera. And so, you know, he's mm-hmm. kind of this annoying character that is always like bumbling over to your house and like talking to you about this new product that he discovered and loved. And then, you know, some calamity happens and then, you know, the commercial's over. Um, apparently, these became popular enough that like legitimate, like, companies and products wanted Ernest to also advertise, you know, in terms of like Coca-Cola and things like that. Um, and that got so big that Ernest got his own show, which was like a, <laughs> I guess a kid's show. Cause he won a daytime Emmy for best kids show. Damn. It was, I think it was talking. called Hey, Hey Vern, it's Ernest. So that was his show. And then after that, like it was everything, right? So 1985, there's a movie that they do that's not an Ernest movie. It's called Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloombeam. But he stars in that and he kind of does a, <laughs> a Ernest. It's like a it's like a test drive for Ernest. Then 87 mm. is Ernest Goes to Camp. 88, Ernest Saves Christmas. 90, Ernest Goes to Jail. 91, Ernest Goes to Which is the one I've seen. And I believe that a majority of these up to a certain point are, are Disney films that Touchstone um, had. Yeah. brought the rights to it and decided to make these movies so like these are disney produced films right we get 1993 ernest rides again 1984 ernest goes to school and that's when it hits a, a big snag because that's the last theatrical release <laughs> after that we have god damn it slam dunk ernest starring ernest and kareem abdul jabbar <laughs> You mean famed film critic Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I, I, 
he can you be that hard up for a check? To He's not... literally dunking on Kareem in the poster, and it's like, bruh, what is happening? This ain't like if he was in a like, look, right? People do things. <laughs> people have checks. Touchstone had money. If you know, he made a cameo in Ernest Rides Again or like some dumb shit like that. He's on the cover of a direct-to-video 1995 Ernest movie. This is, like, way past the expiration date. After that, 1997 <laughs> is the movie we're talking about now. Ernest goes to Africa. And then the year after oh. that, 98, is the final Ernest movie, Ernest in the Army. And, you know, after watching this movie, I'm just sad there wasn't an Ernest Goes to Hell. Because... Like that <laughs> feels like what should have been the scene to this film. Ernest needed to meet an end. <laughs> so, you know, I again have no frame of reference for Ernest. So I'm just watching these movies as a grown ass man <laughs> trying to <laughs> get a sense of like what all of this is and supposed to be. But you said you saw Ernest goes to jail. Was the one that you watched? What's yes, your what's I, your earnest relationship, Cameron? So, when I was a kid, you know, because I, I feel like your dad would have been thank, like, "No, what the <laughs> hell?" <laughs> uh, well, thank God for my parents because we had HBO, and like any HBO kid, you just watched movies. Like they were just on, and if you didn't have anything else to watch, you would just kind of like watch an HBO movie or like catch 45 minutes of an HBO movie and keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you were interested and you watched the whole thing. Um, and Ernest Goes to Jail was one of those that I could not wrap my brain around. It was kind of like there was a trick going on in the movie that kept me in it. So Ernest Goes to Jail, the bare plot of that is basically there's a dude who's like Robin Banks. And he looks just like Ernest. Yeah. Like, he looks just like Ernest. The man does. The other actor does. And uh, Ernest goes to jail <laughs> because uh, the cops arrest the wrong guy. And that's the movie. And the movie is honestly like a bunch of, like, hijinks in jail. Like, yeah, probably some booty hole jokes in there or something like that. I didn't catch it because I was 10. But... <laughs> The fact that that dude looks so much like Ernest really had me. I was like, that's not him just like with a mustache on? No, that's Jim Varney. It's another guy? No, that's Jim Varney. No, it's Jim Varney in that movie. But then there's another guy playing the bad Ernest. Is there? Who looks exactly like fucking Ernest. Do we have, we can pause this and you can like Google it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up in real time. Uh, okay, you can look it up because the the guy who plays the bad Ernest in that movie looks like Ernest. the nigga came out of the same womb. <laughs> I mean, um, he's bad Ernest as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, are you seeing it? Are you seeing it as a freaking you out? Like, you're freaking me out? Oh, no. Yes. His he, name is like Galliard Sartain or something like that. So, right? the cast the cast is Jim Vardy as Ernest, as Felix Nash, who is the bad Ernest. Uh, and then Auntie Nelda. So he is, that's him. Oh, he's the bad Ernest as well? Yeah. He just, I guess, like, doesn't look like Ernest. He wore a mustache. Yeah. Oh, so he, he lied to me. He cleans up well, yeah. Uh, he, he cleans up, he <laughs> lied to me. I thought he was, he's bad Ernest, right? I thought he was bad Ernest. I guess not. Okay, yeah. fine. Uh, either way, 
what kept me along, what kept me, <laughs> I'm, I've been lied to my whole life. Uh, what kept me like going on the train with this movie was it's just full of stupid, like fish eye lens gags and like slip and fall shit. And I'm, Hey, I'm, I was 10. Yeah. I was 10. I was, I'll eat that up. Look, I told you before I, I, I saw biodome in theaters. I saw both Mortal Kombat's <laughs> in theaters. I saw Street Fighter in theaters. Like my taste was not high. I would have watched Ernest if that was the thing that I felt. What well, I just don't think my parents would have agreed to taking me to a theater to watch that. Well, also like Ernest. Also, Ernest humor is like, even though it's like short sighted and kind of dim witted, it's like really milk toast. It's really like middle of the road shit like he slipped and fell in some poop it's that kind of stuff i think it's this is so i i listened to the how did this get made episode that they did on Ernest goes to jail and like they were having the debate and after watching this movie i too was struggling to figure if this movie i think Ernest is for kids like i think the concept of Ernest is for children but the movies are like they're not not kids movies in terms of like they're like a racy or anything like that they're not kids movies in the sense of like i just don't think kids are like yeah there's so much plot and like so many references to things that i just don't think kids would like know what that is that like yeah the ratio Ernest scared stupid Ernest scared stupid is like full of like references to old hollywood horror films yeah so like the reference, like, the ratio that's for of older like, people, yeah, like the ratio reference of like one for the adults, one for you know the kids is like way off because it's like as many dumb you know Ernest like smashes an egg on his face or like you know whatever right. chuckles are supposed to be for kids. There's like attempted rape, I think, and like. <laughs> Oh my god! There's so yeah. many oh, other yeah. things, and I'm just like, uh, what? Like, what? But it's all like, it's all operated like a Looney Tunes cartoon from the 50s. right. Like, yeah. it's all like, I saw under a skirt. <laughs> like, it's it's all stuff like that, and the like the frame of reference for the humor is just like so outdated that yeah. when there is like a joke that's like about boobs like the like the bra joke yeah like the bra in uh Ernest goes africa and all that stuff was like it just misses you're just yeah. like why why are we even doing Ugh. so like i i told you before we got on i i would deem this late stage earnest where like the the diminishing returns this is... are like a, a net negative like we're at the lowest yeah that the franchise could possibly get um yes for I mean I guess the best way to describe Ernest for people who don't know what we're talking about he's like Mr. Magoo meets Boomhauer from King of the Hill. He's like oh my god that's perfect. <laughs> this guy who just wanders oh into <laughs> dumb situations mistaking he's always mistaken identity or he's always like yeah. I was here at the wrong time and now I got to do this wacky shit. Yeah and like just kind of like mumbles and like has a lot of dumb <laughs> down home ism like you know what i mean and like yeah. i guess like sure i don't have any frame of reference for jeff foxworthy or fucking jeff dunham oh, yeah. or Ooh. like people loved them and they loved Ernest. like Ernest was like enough to get nine goddamn movies made 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they kept coming back. There was some money in there. So, like, I I don't oh know. But this is the one that we watched. Ernest Goes to Africa. And, I mean, I, again, what do you want us to say? Right? Like, it came yeah. out in 97. Man. I, I can't find a budget. I'm sure it was non-existent. They did shoot this in South Africa in Johannesburg, even though a lot of it looks like it was shot in somebody's backyard or like on the worst. I thought it was Australia set. for like yeah. the first like half of the movie, and then I was like, no, they probably did shoot this in like South Africa. Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. It's it's written and directed by John Cherry, who did a lot of the commercial stuff, and I guess we'll do our best. We're gonna we're gonna tag team this because this plot is like a fever dream. Oh. I honestly don't. Yeah, are we gonna go for five minutes? Or are we nah, just gonna, yeah. we're just nah. We're just here's the plot, through. y'all. Yeah, th- I think this is your you guys' best way to probably like understand what's happening in the movie because otherwise the plot is like so nonsensical and unnecessary because yeah. it's about the hijinks. It's not about like right, and it's even like what's when you happening. think about when I think about SNL movies, you know, like Ladies Man or like Night at the Roxbury or things like that. Where they're it's just even like, tighter than this. <laughs> yeah, it's like the one joke, and they keep going back to that one joke. Oh, but yeah. it's like. Mm. This is like I don't I don't know what the joke is like I'm not quite I don't I guess Ever. it's because it's like artist is supposed to be an Indiana Jones type like he's supposed to be filling in for that role but it's not I don't I don't know look this movie well, started... yeah we can we can we can talk about that because I think that's where the movie's interest yeah. point is it's like I, I think it's like what if Indiana Jones was doing something and he accidentally killed Indiana Jones and ended up in yeah. this situation. Well, the movie starts with like the most inexplicable location card because it says Central Africa, which is not a place. Ooh. That's that's there's countries hey, that are in the region that Central you would call African Central. Re- there's isn't there a Central African Republic? <laughs> but Central Africa is not a country. That's like that could no. be one of many. <laughs> Places of the continent. There's literally like 30 countries in the middle of Africa. Yeah. Any one of them. Um, but there's a, yeah, there's an Indiana Jones type <laughs> dude running up on uh, this tribe that's doing your stereotypical mm-hmm. African harmonizing. And he steals what are called the eyes of a goalie. And get ready to hear that literally a million times. Ali. And they take the eyes of a goalie and are trying to escape, but the guy that is flying the plane, Thompson, cuts the rope and like leaves him there to I assume later as we find out get eaten alive, I think is yeah, what happens. Like, <laughs> I think that's what happened. Or they they did the thing where they like put their spears down on him and it looked like they were killing him. So uh, I think they killed him and, and then, ate him. And then ate him. So that's Africa. Uh, <laughs> that's Africa. <laughs> Smash cut to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest is I, I you know again like this is something that I just don't have reference for maybe this is how every Ernest movie starts where he's got a job and he's doing like some dumb thing that gets him fired or in trouble because he's like fixing this lady's car yeah, he's always yeah he's always some kind of mechanic usually okay so he's trying to fix this woman's car he's obviously not equipped to do that i don't know how he got hired at this place but i don't even know how he made it to work honestly he destroys this woman's mustang 
gets fired and then takes his broke ass over to this diner to try to hit on this waitress renee renee is like dreaming of a stella gets her groove back kind of like i need to go find myself <laughs> i need to go on a trip girl yeah i want a man to like sweep me off my feet and like take me on an adventure basically yeah and Ernest is like i can do that and she's like nah you a smo smo ass <laughs> <laughs> Oh, small ass. <laughs> and uh you know that hurts but then her her waitress friend who's either a really good friend or a great enemy uh decides to <laughs> suggest to Ernest that he gets her a gift yeah and, and where does he go to get that gift cameron you go to the flea market <laughs> like i would <laughs> <laughs> They went to the flea market. I was going to say, who happens to be running through this flea market in the middle of Ohio? Well, it's like, apparently, the eyes of a goalie have changed many hands <laughs> since the first part of the movie. And some dude with the eyes of a goalie is just running down. The, he's trying to escape some guys who are running him down for the eyes. And he stashes it in, like, a dollar bin in this random lady's, like, booth. Don't they kill him? Don't they get him and yeah, kill him? They put him. They feed him to snakes. They throw a lot of snakes. Yeah, they feed on him. him to snakes. Yeah, <laughs> they throw snakes on your boy. And Ernest, yeah, picks up the the eyes. And he picks up the eyes. And he pays a buck for him, and he he takes them home. And he can't figure out what to do with them, so he makes a yo yo out of them. Yeah, Bruh. he made a yo yo out of the eyes of the goalie. Just disrespectful. <laughs> Takes it to Renee, who's like, the fuck am I supposed to do with this the bullshit? Fuck am I, yeah. <laughs> the fuck am I supposed to do with this? She literally goes like, thanks, but no thanks to them. Yeah. Right there on site. You know, he's just like, damn. What am I going to do about that? But ap- apparently, people believe that he is now a secret agent of some kind, for reasons I didn't quite get. He like, Yo. This part happened so fast, and I was like, oh, they assume he's him. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, basically, Thompson is still alive, the, the, the plane guy. Yeah. And he has somehow made it to the restaurant. Yeah. I don't know. Scoops Renee. He, 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 he sco- yeah, he scoops up Renee. And takes her to Africa. Oh no, he takes her to like um, a warehouse, and he's oh no, like, he takes her to a warehouse. He takes yo, her to like call a your man Ernest and tell him to come see me. And Ernest is like, laughs at her because he thinks she's like fucking with him. Uh, but then like, it's like, oh, ac- she she's actually been kidnapped. I need to go like see her. But then and Thompson, instead of just killing him and like going through his shit, decides to send um, him on a plane to Africa. To yes. Do so- there's a prince that like also wants the eyes, and yes. So they assume basically the movie doesn't tell you this like right out, but <laughs> they all assume that he is Agent Thirty Two or something. So all these people think that when they're entangling with Ernest, they're entangling with like you know some super highly trained yeah. MI six agent. It's like some naked gunshots. Yeah, yeah, but it's not even like. They don't even talk about that. Like, the mistake is made once, and then everybody makes the mistake. Right. It's like trickle-down mistakes. Right. 
even after they meet him too, which is the thing. Like they meet him and he's wearing like a fucking mechanics outfit, and they yeah. think this guy is like James Bond. And I'm like, no. huh? <laughs> so anyway, they they get to Africa, and uh, which part of Africa? Basically, like ho- who can Central say Africa? <laughs> Africa Airport. It, it, <laughs> this is what we. That's what we're going to talk. About. We spent spending some time on like how this movie treats Africa, <laughs> but basically they in Africa and they get there and uh, they go to like the. I guess it's the mansion of this. Well, they go to like a country club. It's somewhere? like a country club, but it's like I thought it was his mansion. I thought he owned it. It's like some colonial country club that they like hang out at and like stash Renee in because they yeah, they, and they obviously like torture people in the basement. Yeah, they like kick Ernest off the plane and like just set him loose on a crocodile. No, they bridge. kick him off the plane. Yeah, they kick him off the plane and they throw him in the back of a truck. And he's got like a burlap over yeah. him, so he can't see where he's going. And the back of the truck accidentally opens up, and it goes over a speed oh, bump. Yeah, and it just goes tumbling out. out of the back over the bridge. And then he literally like bonks into some like uh, like some sticker bushes, and the burlap comes off the sack. And he's yeah. like, "Wow, well, on a bridge! Oh, there's some water down there." And he falls off the bridge, and then he gets like, "What?" Well, he ends up next to an alligator. He puts that his hand. He ends up like. Like in he his nose, puts his hand in their nose, and he gets the boogers. I like, yeah. But what is none, what, by what, the way? None of this makes any sense during the movie. It's just no. happening. But what does he decide to do? What's his perfect disguise to go rescue Renee? So he goes to this <laughs> African country club, dressed as like an old Southern white woman. Like oh no no no, no 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 no! Before that, what's his first? Oh no! Oh my god! Because oh, we, no, we we already we already. Well, there was the first instance of brownface in this movie, which is the guy okay. that they chased down at the uh, yes. the flea market. Yes, he is not brown. No, no, far but from this. It. Okay, so like between the bridge and the country club, I assumed that it was one of those mistaken things where he fell in all that water, mud and water and stuff and got like mud and water on his body mm. and then like needed new clothes. So he had to find like that robe and the, right, the right. head wrap. But then, and then that's what makes him look Indian. Okay. Because your boy puts on an accent and then starts like saying he's Sabu or something like that. Well, he says. Wait, what does he say? His name? No, he says his hate name is Hey, hey you. you. Yeah, because people just say Hey you to him, and he's and then he does whatever they say, I guess, and like prostrates Ugh. himself uh, profusely what, calls, at every chance. Everyone, you whose uh, whose urinal is the cup of the poor. Yeah, and it's like uh, yeah. you know, it's like he watched half an episode of the simpsons it was like apu is close enough i'll do that's him something like that apu is africa right yeah apu is africa so definitely africa yeah i don't i don't understand but you know he goes in and like is doing this whole routine for thompson and then he dresses like an old lady and then when he finds out where the furnace is in the basement where Renee is, he, then he dresses like an old woman to get into there, and then he like bonks the henchman over the head with a 
who uh vase full of ashes i think it's alluded that he's about to rape renee uh because yeah. thompson's just kind of like do what you do well, i forget what his do name what is. you do with them yeah uh yeah and renee's like do it bazoo yeah she's doing like the a big whole, black dude's name is bazoo she's doing a whole vaudeville stick of like trying to distract him or something i don't understand yeah she's trying to she's doing like this weird stick to try to like distract him but then like Ernest shows up it's really weird she's like tied up too and then Ernest comes in dressed as like the old lady and is obviously confusing and smashes bazoo yeah. over the head with the ashes knocks him out and then renee and Ernest are like let's get out of here and like 10 minutes of the movie where they're in a golf cart there's some dumb driving thing across where he's the got plane. Like, yeah all kinds of gadgets and whatnot to get firewood there's a gag where he's eating uh there's leaves that are on the golf yeah. cart to like camouflage them so he starts eating the leaves and the leaves are obviously poison ivy and he gets poison ivy in his mouth and then he drinks lotion yeah that's what movie we're dealing with guys and then I um, guess it's at this point that they arrive at some kind of village in which he and they, walks up to just black yes. people living their lives, minding their business. Yep. I forget what he says, but it's some offensive, like, jive. Some ramalama ding dong kind of shit. He yeah. says that, basically, to them. And then they understand it as language. Yeah, he does some, like, random attempt to dap, and then, like, they bonk him with a Woof, stick. By the way. I did not. Lo- he literally walks up to them. He's like, hey, what's up, my man? And I was like, I. Well, because he says he knows how to talk to these people. He is five seconds away from saying jive. <laughs> he was five seconds away from saying, I can talk jive to these guys. And then doing the bit from Airplane. And uh, when he wakes up, though, apparently he's told them the funniest joke. And the yes. black woman in the village is just kissing him repeatedly. Kissing him on the face. Loves him. Loves Ernest. Yeah, I, I think Renee gets snatched up again by the Yeah, literally princes. he gets knocked out and they snatch up Renee again. Yeah. And they take him they take her back to the the country club where they make her a harem well, they, woman. They take him to the palace of Prince Kazim. Oh, sorry, the palace, which is a different set. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> which is uh, also Prince Krizim is a white man named White Man, <laughs> literally named Robert Whitehead, and oh my he god, he is as white as you can Prince. imagine, except he's and the brown face. So he's your boss. He's your boss. He's your general manager at Chick Fil A. Is yeah. this man? <laughs> but but who's got that picture in his yearbook where he went? As when he dressed up as as Blade, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "I couldn't do it unless I did the face. I had to do my face and hands." And I'm the daywalker. Only made sense to me. I'm a... <laughs> so, white ass Prince Nazim has kidnapped Renee, doing, doing another and made terrible white woman Indian accent, I believe. Oh uh, my god! Yeah. Oh yeah. He's definitely doing a uh, Shabib. Yeah. Hey, they said it, not me, by the way. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> they they said Sahib like three times. And yeah. I was like, not allowed to do any of that. <laughs> but um, we're just going to keep going. It was the 90s, I guess. Uh, so, yes, Renee is now held up captive at Prince Nazim's castle or whatever. And Ernest is still at that cool tribe that was cool to him. 
so but then they show him where the where the palace is they literally say go that way and he goes that way uh and he also dresses up as a harem woman yeah to sneak in right and of course there's like you know the prince nazim is like she's the prettiest one yep with that adam's apple yep and there's like a bit about him eating like turkey legs and the bones come out the other side of his head, his face mask. And yeah, I laughed at that joke. I'm going to be front. Like, I didn't laugh at all during this 90 minutes. Were you but still, the gag of were putting you still high watermelon, at this point? I was very high. I was very <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> That's the only reason. <laughs> because your man's put a turkey leg in one side of his mask and the bone came out the other and camera was like comedy. Yep. I mean, that's classic Scooby-Doo, you know, like... It really is, yeah. It, I mean, that's the point where this movie just full, just becomes full cartoon, and he's just yeah. like... <laughs> so, of course, uh, him and Kazim kiss, because it's the 90s, and, like, two men kissing is also the height of comedy. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he realizes that, you know, Ernest is a man, and what, he knocks out Kazim? He knocks out Kazim, and they, like, run away again. Oh, he punches uh, him. Yeah, he punches yeah. him in the face. Yeah. And then Kazim is like, somebody go get them. So they're escaping. After them. And they find an ostrich farmer who apparently also wants to rape both of them. Uh, yeah. So they he, knock him dying. out. And then and so they knock him out in the truck and put him in the back. But then as they're putting him in the back, Kazim's uh, yeah. goons show up. And there's a truck chase where he takes off the bra he was wearing as the old lady and puts ostrich ostrich eggs in the cups and slingshots them. And makes as many boob jokes and egg jokes as possible in the... They literally scraped the barrel for this entire truck chase. They they sat him in the ADR booth and were just like, hey, bro, (laughs) what you got? Whatever comes to mind. (laughs) Give us that earnest work. Give us that work, baby. Yeah, so, yeah, that truck chase happens. He dispatches of the goons with ostrich eggs. They escape. Yeah. And basically, that's the thing that, like, wins her. Or not wins her. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's not yet. Because, no, they... uh, (laughs) Oh, I forgot. The whole thing ends with them, like, crashing, right? Yeah, well, they, like, they have to get out and walk for undisclosed reasons and they're they're like like, yeah they're talking to the dude before they like knock him out and he tries to rape them and he's like yo we're trying to go to johannesburg i think so somehow they're in south africa i think now i don't understand i don't understand geography in this movie um but they (laughs) uh they're they're walking and like well like renee and ernest have had a strange relationship where she's been very hot and cold given a circumstance uh so much. sometimes given she's any just circumstance like, in this movie Ernest, yes. you're the greatest i love you so much like i can't and then other times where she's just like i don't know about this Ernest. like i just want to be friends yeah or she's just like nagging him in a way that's like g- generally unrealistic you know in the sense of like yeah Ernest, hurry up and like kill all these men before I, right you know, but he's just like, earnest so the fuck what did yeah. you expect um but they eventually are walking straight into the territory of and let me get this right the sinkatutu people the sinkatutu tribe that's right and this uh. is this is alleged to be the for the, the lost tribe and their land is sacred or like forbidden or something, and this is where the eyes of a goalie come from. 
This is the same tribe that it just happens to be the same tribe. They literally bonk into them. They take them in. They bonk into the tribe. Yep. Yeah, you know, like more white people to eat, and they uh, like start getting ready to cook them. Um, Yep. And then Ernest (laughs) desperately goes through his pockets, and what does he find after you know taking out ninety five things? Is his yo yo. Which apparently yo-yo. these people have never seen before and can't fathom that it would even yo-yo. Yeah. That, so this man becomes like literally David Blaine in five seconds, yo-yoing in front of this tribe, and they are gobsmacked at this thing. He's, uh, and it's also at this time that all there's two things happening. Renee is also being lowered into the pit of soup. Mix, yeah. I guess, adobos yeah. and spices <laughs> and things. Um, they're slowly lowering her into that, but also Thompson has shown up. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's so, here. Yeah, Ernest, like he's been chasing them. He's been chasing. Yeah, them. Ernest becomes their god, and they love him. And then Ernest yes. is like, "Hey, I know we haven't talked about this at all, but I'm just going to ask this dude to marry us now." And yep. Uh, Renee's like, nah, but the rest of the Santa Tucci people are like, yeah, like, we'll do that. Also, like, we're going to cut your dick again, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And Ernest is like, just eat me at that point. Just eat me, bro. I'd rather be eaten. Uh, but Don't yeah. Take my dick. <laughs> Thompson shows up and he's and then like, Thompson shows up. This nigga's lying. He's capping. He stole the eyes of he's a goalie. I... He's James Bond. <laughs> Can't you see? He's obviously a mastermind. I I call for the right of the battle of truth or some shit like that. And this fucking tribe honors this shit. They honor the fucking reason. Thompson changes into some fucking American gladiator outfit. Yeah, that nigga looks looks like Sean Connery in that weird ass sci fi movie that you try to get everybody to forget. Yeah, Yeah, Zardoz or whatever. Zardoz is classic. Um, Yeah, he comes out. He's got like black ninja gear and like has a table full of like swords and weapons Ernest, oh. of course is Ernest and has a table full of like rubber chickens and salami and <laughs> dumb shit like and that it, and my nigga picks the yo-yo of yeah. course because he like just you know he just charmed the entire tribe with the yo-yo so of course why wouldn't that be a weapon yeah uh so obviously thompson picks a giant sword <laughs> and they fight and of course Ernest saves the day. Ernest, yeah. Ernest like roadrunners him to death. <laughs> took the t- kicked ass and took names. He round the world's Thompson in the face. Yeah, knocks him out and manages to save Renee at the very last second. And the eyes of a goalie uh, like also, pop and out, yeah, he, and then all the he, he he drops the yo-yo and it breaks in half. And then the tribe is like, "Oh, fam, that was the eyes." It yep. was the eyes the whole time. Yep. And they take them and put them back in the statue like they wanted. And then I guess the movie yada yada is the real shit that happens. I mean, they maybe eat Thompson and then like they right. leave. Uh, if they're not going to eat the people that brought the eyes of the goalie back, then they're definitely going to eat Thompson. Like, yeah. that's a given. So that's yada yada. <laughs> we get back to U- the U.S. and... Uh, Ernest is still trying to fucking come to Renee. He's still trying to step to Renee, but yeah. sadly, she ain't with the sh- even after even after this whole trip that she's get he he gave yeah. her the high adventure that she requested right. in the beginning of this movie, 
and yet she still decided to go with some schmo. Well, the punchline is schmo ass nigga. Yeah, the punchline is supposed to be that Ernest is too adventurous for her. She realized over the course of their trip that she really just wanted a regular degular ass nigga and she chose i think she got a glimpse of his dick during the trip <laughs> at some period of time and was like i can't i cannot he can save my life <laughs> but we ain't fucking <laughs> <laughs> he can save me from being eaten by an african tribe but we ain't fucking <laughs> and that's the he, she literally goes out on that she's like all right peace yeah, and then I'm Ernest a... smashes an ostrich himself. egg on his head and that's and the end of the movie <laughs> He ends the movie with egg on his face, literally. And that's Ernest Goes to Africa, y'all. And I... God damn it. I guess I'll play the music. I don't even know what to Is fucking talk about. Reluctant, can we talk? Is that the first, like, damn, let's talk? What, what are we going to talk about, dog? It's fucking I mean, Ernest Goes to bro, Africa. Like, it's, it's so... It's what you think it is, my niggas. It yeah. is that. <laughs> I guess, all right, let's try to parse this as let's best as possible. To, let's just try. Because, have, again, having <laughs> seen no other Ernest films, it's my understanding... And me not seeing any since I was 10 years old. <laughs> my understanding is that they all had that casual 90s, like racism homophobia misogyny sexism that, yeah, yeah it was misogyny kind of like simmering under it was never overt but there was always just Off like of course you know racial stereotypes and like you know all kinds of things like that um that were prevalent unfortunately in, in many late 80s 90s or entirely all, all of the 80s and <laughs> most of the 90s as well um and <laughs> I think that, like, I, I, again, not knowing what some of those other movies were like, this, as people have said, is, like, the most overtly, like, racist, you know, I mean, he's in brown face, and two other people are in brown face, right and, like, it's, it's for comedy, except for the is one, it? except for the prince, who's, like, just, just a white man they painted brown. You know what I mean? Like, Ernest is supposed to be playing a character. Uh, the other guy... At first, I thought the other guy was Ernest for a split second, because I was like, oh, he's going to Eddie Murphy this shit. He's just going to be every oh, cause the, other... Oh, because the first section of the movie? Yeah, he's just going to, like, pop... He's just going to play random characters, because I, I assumed right. that's what the Ernest movies were, where, like, he just... Which he does. ...was different Which people. Um, but, yeah, this was like, he's just... Dressing, I mean, even like what an inexplicably racist, like he, <laughs> he, because I mean, how do you even justify the scene in a, in a logical way? He, he gets his clothes wet and mm -hmm. he shows up at this country club brown from head brown. to toe. Brown, dude. I even gave him benefit of the doubt that it was like the mud. I was like, he's just a muddy nigga who like decided to show up. But that's what I'm saying. So like, what, what, what happened? Did, it, was that supposed to be <laughs> mud? Does Ernest carry bronzer on him at all times? Like, did, just in case I have to be a brown man, he's brown. At like, some he's point, not 
brown at any other time in the movie. And then suddenly at the foot of this uh, country club, he brown. Did he have some fucking soul man pills? Like, what the fuck happened? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, then like, he's... man movie was on something. Because then he's not, right? Like, then, and the next thing he's just in the next not, scene, he's, like, the woman. You know? And so, like, this movie, and I guess earnest films generally, are supposed to play on some kind of cartoon logic. And, like, yeah. Right. I guess back in the day, Bugs Bunny was also racist. And maybe also was in blackface at some point. I don't know. But like I got a feeling there's a Bugs Bunny like I put some wax on my face. And it's big lips. It's gotta be there. <laughs> and then and then dap me up as he sold me drugs. Yeah, that, that Looney Tunes exists. But like you know, there's all of it is just like unnecessary. Like yeah. like what what because Okay, just taking a step back, too. This is something that <laughs> people have talked about, but, like, I just... I also, having only watched this movie, cannot... Right. I don't understand, right? Like, mm-hmm. people will allude to Ernest maybe having some challenges, and I okay. don't... I don't know if that's text. Like, I don't know if, if Ernest is like... Oh, that's canon. Yeah, if he's like neurodivergent or if he's like... Something... Ernest was created in 1987. <laughs> no one had even said the word neurodivergent. Then. But I don't know if it's like, you know, like, but like as a joke, you know what I mean? Like he's like supposed right. to be quote unquote simple, you know what I mean? I guess well, in those Wouldn't times. it be great if there was like a... Ernest origin story where it could like oh he got bonked on the head when he was like seven years old and then he never matriculated as a result <laughs> because we could, and we could move on because it's like he's like Batman's parents in the alley like we see it every movie we get it yeah. we, know, we know why he's Batman but like he's a he's a child he's a man child is is kind of the yeah. the gist of it and so like he even like there's the part where Renee is trying to like kiss him and like brings up like an Indiana Jones movie and then he just like talks about it for like yeah 20 minutes until she goes to sleep. And well that's actually what... what happens in my house like every night I try to explain <laughs> to my girlfriend why Star Wars is important and you know she's just like she's falling asleep. Yeah. Whenever I whenever I'm like, oh well, you know, Alec Guinness was actually not the first choice for Obi Wan Kenobi. And actually before I that's usually what happens. Yeah. I I I, I sympathize with You're that. You're just like, all right, that's too real, Ernest. Yeah. Uh, kind of stuff. I don't like this movie no more. But it's like he's he's again supposed to be like childlike, I think, in a way. Like and, and I think that's the thing that leads to them being kids' movies, is that he's, yeah. like, a kid. But it's also, like, Ernest wants to fuck. <laughs> Ernest want to... No, Ernest want to go at least go on a date. It seems like Renee want to fuck. Well, but she can't get it together. Well, but, but Ernest is, she like... She don't know what she wants. <laughs> Ernest is, like, at, at once, like, like, ogling her... But then there's a scene where she's, I guess, supposedly, like, taking her pants off to make a 
raft for them and he's just like where's your oh, yeah. modesty like 90s women are like women yeah, have you no know, shame you know and it's just supposed to be like <laughs> i guess maybe Ernest is like not but then like yeah there's it's just... like how do you expect to get the cheeks if you can't even look at the cheeks <laughs> but there's also Ernest, you got you pick one <laughs> but the, yeah but there's just like there's that's what i'm saying where this movie's going back and forth between being like a kids movie and like trying to have it both ways where like there's adult humor because like Ernest is like being well if he's yeah I mean he's not being like sexually overt but it's like right because it... if he was actually being like sexually overt this movie would be like Porky's or something like that where right but every other five minutes we'd have an excuse of seeing like a topless woman he'd be, yeah well he'd be uh he'd be Wesley Snipes and Wildcats uh <laughs> <laughs> football <laughs> But he's like, he's just, he's such a strange character as yeah. a, as even like an archetype that like, I, I even trying to like read certain things where I was like, you know, does Ert, like, I don't think Ernest comprehends blackface. Like, I don't think he understands that, not even just right. as like a, like why that would a- be bad, but like, I don't think he gets... I think he was just like I. I'm trying to blend in, and so my mm. choice is like, if I'm the help, I'm a brown person. I get you know what I mean. It's just like, but if I live here, I'm black. So <laughs> either choice is just bad. bad. I, this was a bad movie for you to start Ernest on. Is this was not a good choice? For I'm you never going to watch start. another one. So. I mean, hey, and that's a choice you can make, bro. And a choice I would be proud of you for making. But it, it's it, it, in the 90s, this shit was inescapable. Like this yeah. dude went to camp, slipped on a slipped on some like, you know, ball pit balls. Like he he was up to like goofball shenanigans. He was My sl- nigga was slipping on banana peels for real. He like, was slamming on Kareem. You know what I mean? Like, I guess whatever <laughs> Whatever magic he had. You know how that ends. I want to know if Kareem was like, I, this nigga is not skyhooking. There is no way he's skyhooked in this movie. He no, we just thought it'd be funny if he skyhooks like a watermelon through the... What? Skyhooks are what? <laughs> but I think, like, the movie is so bad. You know what I mean? That, like, it's, it's... It's real bad. It's difficult to even talk about it in the way that we usually would just because, like... The racism is is on its face, right? Like again, the scene where he goes right. up and he's like trying to fake dap those people, or like the the and African then he goes shubop shubop and it's actual words to yeah. these people. Well, because like they su- so they subtitle so it, they subtitle even though he's saying quote unquote the wrong thing. Uh, right, they, they subtitle it the as fact if those shubop yeah. is real in their language. That's yeah. not good. <laughs> That's not good. I don't go to France and go, <laughs> and then like yeah. it's like it's still bad French. That's not bad. That's not even nothing. Yeah, it's so disrespectful. I don't even think that would pass with Pierre Escargot. I think that's <laughs> yo. Actually, sidebar: I recently started rewatching all that on uh, Netflix, and I thought that's what he was doing back in the day. Yeah. When, like when I was ten years old, I thought that he was. Just speaking stupid French, like yeah. 
He's actually saying the phrases. Well, that he's just pronouncing it badly. That's well, the joke is that right. he's saying like, oh, you know, on oh, So you're telling me, uh, you're telling me that Pierre Escargot is more accurate than Ernest goes to Africa. <laughs> you are a hundred percent right. Well, damn. Keenan Thompson in a bathtub <laughs> with a rubber ducky is more culturally appropriate <laughs> than Ernest goes to Africa. <sighs> that's what we're dealing with here y'all that's what we're dealing with today. yeah it's, this was a rough fucking ride this was a bad movie and i i mean i, I was we're respecting it too much by like <laughs> <laughs> by like analyzing it because like so like you said the racism is on his face my yeah. dude like dressed up like i i think what what's confusing is that this movie doesn't have any sense of culture no right yeah yeah this movie is what happens when if we were living in bizarre world and like the gop was the dominant party so and this is and they made culture and they made art and then made culture because that this is what you would get yeah well it's like there's there's weird jokes in this movie like Ernest like kills his fish in the garbage disposal Yep, the wow was dark, and in a way that's almost like again, like does is is something wrong with artist? Because like he flips the switch to turn on the light, like he doesn't know how his yes. house works. By in, in his own house, in his own house, <laughs> and then it's just like ooh, you know, does the ooh, you know, and it's just like, ooh. but also like if. If you didn't know which light switch is the lights and which one is the food dis- food disposal, like, bro, put a sign on it. Like, yeah, minimum. Well, because he's like. Also, I, my nigga lives in Pee Wee's Playhouse. Well, that's like, the thing that I was going to say. In the Playhouse. When you look at the difference between Pee Wee Herman and Ernest, right? Pee Wee Herman is also a somewhat childlike character who's, you know, living like a fanciful, whimsical life. Right, like, but Pee Wee and Pee Wee is like intelligent, though. Pee Wee is 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 maybe like a little, in terms of like if Pee Wee was a real person, right? Like you would yeah. be like Pee Wee, you're a lot. Like you're doing a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know if I could like hang out with you <laughs> regularly. Be like shrimp, <laughs> you know, like because there's people not like Pee Wee, but like there are people who are just like super twee and just like live a life of like yeah like i rode here on my unicycle and like uh you there's know, a I... woman in brooklyn new york who has <laughs> everything in her house is green that's a real thing you know so it's like yeah <laughs> so there are people like that <laughs> yeah peewee is like obviously again heightened reality but he yeah. is somewhat like not somewhat like definitely more believable as like when you when you contrast peewee with the real world you know because peewee's playhouse he's just in right. his house but peewee's big adventure and stuff yeah. like that is like contrasting that and clashing Him that in the real world like the real world and like even though peewee is like getting into trouble and like you know all these things are happening to him like you right. never feel like does peewee understand what's going on like is peewee like aware of not yeah. even just like the danger that you're he's never in, you're never like, wondering you're never wondering because yeah. Pee Wee is like he's always reacting to the real world and then like 
even if he doesn't understand the situation, he'll take it and flip it yeah. into something he can work with. Whereas right. Ernest is just like, I got a weird disguise on, and in order to get in that door, I got to say some weird <laughs> stuff, you know? Well, because it's like, again, <laughs> examining the racism of this movie. So you're, you're, you're telling me that Ernest doesn't know what poison ivy looks like but at the same time that's that's all you got to know is three leaves at the same time he has a somewhat innate understanding of the south asian caste system yeah to disguise himself as an untouchable or at least how to maybe fix a mustang i guess he doesn't know how to do that either you know what I mean? It's like the things yeah, that he, he ha- yeah he, the things that he, he doesn't ha- even know how to do his own job. <laughs> the things that he has like conceptual, you know, I because it would be one thing if he was an idiot savant, right? I mean, that's again like a Mr. Sure. Magoo type. I just, I just do think I don't know how to do it. I'll buy that. I, I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll I just I just end up doing things. Things work out because things work out for Ernest, you know, throughout the movie, but they don't necessarily work out right. through any real internal logic like stuff just happens he just happens do you know what i mean like even like people buying into his disguises you know like people just yeah believe what he's selling them and then like move on with it you know what i mean honestly the the tribe like he happens upon the tribe that was missing the eyes of the goalie yeah he's in africa the continent yeah you know how many tribes there are this movie takes place. <laughs> this movie takes place maybe in like two and a half days, and so for him to go from wherever he started at to where well, I think my dude was in Nigeria, and then was like, "Let's go to Johannesburg." I, was I like, think my they man, did say Ni- Africa works. I think they did say Nairobi at one point, as which like is a, Kenya. So you're like, yeah, that's like going from Maryland to Bolivia, right, <laughs> in two days. By foot what? or in a golf cart, you know, in a golf cart. Get the so, fuck out of it. Like, yeah, you know, they're yeah. really stretching this thing. It's hard to, yeah. I mean, again, I don't know what more you want us to say about Ernest goes to Africa. Honestly, like, and it's fucking terrible. Well, here's 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 something that I wanted to talk about. You talked okay. about the racism of the movie, but I wanted to talk about the movie's sense of racism because so. Once we get in Africa in the movie, then you're just treated to a cornucopia of people, by the way. Not everybody in Africa is black. And now this, we don't know if it's like pre or like, you know, during apartheid Africa or South Africa. Some some kind of colonial Africa because there's a lot of British people. Thompson is British. There's a few other British people that they encounter. I don't necessarily. There's also Indian people. I I don't necessarily understand what's happening there because, like, it yeah, it would be depending on where you are in Africa, there conceivably could be Indian people, but because we That's don't legit. know where we're supposed to be, I, I you know what I mean, like, and but he's he's Sam, like he's like a. I prince. thought we were like in the Sudan, maybe. I thought we were in the Sudan, at least with the Prince Nazim part. I was like, is this like Northern Africa? Is he supposed to be like an Arab man? He's like, like what the fuck is going on here? Because he's like a prince, but like. He's a prince. 
But I think he's a prince of wherever he's at. Like, I don't think he's, like, a prince, like, in a general sense. I think he's the prince but of... But we want to know where the fuck he at, though. Right, but that's why I'm <laughs> just like... We want to know! I don't understand how he would... He, a South Asian man, would become prince of whatever African country he's in? Right. <laughs> I would actually be fine if this... I would be cool with this movie being, like, a little... Ernest goes to Africa and does like a little Africa tour. Like I would be totally fine with that if we knew where the fuck we were at any given point yeah. in time. Like if we were like, I'm in Kenya, I'm in, you know, Somalia. I'm here. I'm yeah. here. I'm there. Nice. We popped over to Madagascar for a second and then we stopped in South Africa. Like if we knew where we were throughout the movie, right. I would not have I would have zero problem with the stupidity and the goofballishness of like the placement of people. Because it's just like, there's some white people over here. There's also Bazu and his, and like, there's tribes yeah. of dark skinned African people. And I'm just like, okay, but like, where am I so I can like place this in my head? Right. No, we're in Africa. And I'm just like, nigga, I get that. Do you understand that there no. are like 57 nations in Africa? No. But like, you know, there's so many nations in Africa. There's like, we, you were not, in, and within that are even tribes and languages. And they even go to a point to say that there are like 19 different Zulu dialects, which is like, you know, something I would believe. Right. But also like they have enough wherewithal to respect that. Right. But then fuck up everything else. And <laughs> like, why would you even say it if, if, if like you're saying there's 19 Zulu dialects and then Ernest literally comes along and says Ramalama Ding Dong <laughs> and gets what he wants. <laughs> That's that's fucking mean spirited, bro. That's so strange. Oh, it's it's also like in in the Africa of Ernest goes to Africa. Um, African people are either cannibals who who live yep. in uh, some kind of strange backwards society and worship a statue or something. You got it. Or they're just like poor people who live on the yeah. side of a dirt road and like you know never see anyone except for you know random travelers who are coming like there's no cities in africa there's no nope. like uh infrastructure in africa like you are basically out in the wild at all times it's the wild over there it's the wild you over know, unless you're, unless you're a, a rich british white man or a, a south asian prince i guess there's the one <laughs> ethiopian looking guy who is like yeah, thompson's yeah. associate and associate yeah I like uh that. like uh, just disappears uh at a certain point i think mm -hmm. maybe he gets killed uh i forget what happens to him but he's suddenly is not in the last 20 to 25 minutes of the movie and the movie yeah. mind you is only an hour and 20 something minutes so thank god thank god yeah, like small blessings but like it's it's <laughs> it's one of those things where you know to to even make the effort to go to south africa to film unless there is some I... astounding tax credit or something that made that possible because like when you like you were saying when you watch it even say that like scene in with the harem like the outside of that i was like oh are you in like vegas or something and you're just shooting the outside of like right. a casino 
and calling it a palace yeah. and then like in this harem yep. room are you just like in a in a ballroom in a hotel that you've just called uh, you know what i mean because yeah. like all of the sets yeah. and things just looks like obviously this is a directed video film so like the budget can't be that big but like it looks mm-hmm. like they stretched every dollar to every get... do- got every honestly i thought nazim's castle and the country club from the first kidnapping were the same place could be possible just shot I, it from a different angle you yeah, know because it, yeah it's giving it's giving yeah i mean there's just <laughs> there's there's planes that are just like that could be anywhere uh you know like the the set for the the tribe looks like it could be anything any you know what i mean anything like, that's also the that's also what like got me confused throughout the movie because like i was like oh well that could easily be north dakota or wherever the hell right it's a field but then i was like oh what is like you know they had some animals there were the elephants maybe like pulled the elephants up you know it just took some hunting down before you know the end of the movie you realize that they shot it in south africa yeah but it, it it took it took research like it literally took like mind work yeah to watch the movie and be like is it really africa or is this like because then if it's actually Africa, then it's kind of weird that you're doing, like, not the smartest African humor in Africa. It's like, why would you, why would I go to England and make, like, well, look at me, I'm going to have some bangers and mash, and I'll have a couple, a spot of tea. Like, I would never do that. I, mean, I would never do that, because that, that, that's getting smacked. That's You get smacked. <laughs> that does sound like the Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Sherlock Holmes movie, though. I, I think that's I what mean, they did. <laughs> but... that is, you're not wrong <laughs> you're not wrong um, that's so rude of us that's very American of us it is and I think that's that's my last thing it's just like this movie yeah. 1997 it's a weird time because like Africa isn't it's in the zeitgeist but it's not like mm-hmm. it's not cool it's just it's a, for human rights violations. Well, but even like if you're thinking again of the 90s of like The Lion King and Cool Runnings and the Arab there and like right. all these other, you know, things that are like Africa, like Africa as setting, but like mm. failing to evoke en- yeah, Africa or engage with Africa as like engage its, with Africa, its yes. own thing yes. that exists as opposed to just like you're an american kid you this is what you think africa is it's lions uh you know elephants take big dumps and like somebody steps in it and ha 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 it's like a (laughs) like that's the level of like effort and humor put into the movie it's just there's not really any like actual yeah you know like in terms of I am some. I am somewhat grateful that they they stopped themselves from doing more because, like, thankfully we never. I get, thought we were inches away from a bone in the nose. We don't get that. Ernest never dresses in full African quote unquote African garb. Oh, uh, you God. know, like there's not necessarily like. I don't, yeah there's certain other things they could have done i mean again like I there's a there's a that. cannibalistic tribe that i think bad we, enough i think we i think we like 
I don't know. I can't really I, tell. I fucked with the. I don't know because I was like, y'all eat people, but then I don't know. They like the yo-yo. Well, they were. But then they were like, we're not going to kill Ernest. He's cool. He can do yo-yo tricks, and the... he gave us back our eyeballs. Well, that's what I'm saying. In the in the in the theme of the movie, like they are the wronged party who was robbed, and like your and Ernest is the white savior (laughs) yeah no he literally comes and like we will we will we have kind of danced around that like Ernest goes to Africa obviously but like he (laughs) like very much so like enriches every African's life that he that encounters you know what I mean like humor or like have you seen a yo-yo or you know here's your you know (laughs) idols back or like all this other stuff where he just seemingly is like haphazardly improving things in a weird way. Yeah, everybody is smitten with Ernest. Yeah. Like, even despite, like, maybe hating him on first glance, then they're, like, absolutely smitten with him after he charms them. That black woman had to kiss not Jim Varney in the sense of, like, you know, (laughs) gross, ill, but, like, like, Ernest. Like... Ernest for all afternoon i'm sure there are multiple takes of that scene because she's just the scene goes on for maybe two to three minutes and she just kisses him over and over again that's so weird i was (laughs) (laughs) okay this actually happened i was oh my god this podcast is going to be more about like my habits than it is by anything else (laughs) i uh i was preparing the second the second small J yeah, to finish this movie with. And then she started kissing him on the face and I put it away. <laughs> I was like enough. <laughs> like cause the whole, cause it this will me, only be wasted. The whole scene, <laughs> you know what? I was like, I'm not going to waste him on this. <laughs> Look at this woman. She spent the entire scene kissing him on the cheek and on the mouth. And like apparently against his will, it's like stop. Like she, he's like stop. Why are you? But like yeah, but it's still kissing. But me? it's also a joke. It's like also it's a, a weird joke. It's, that's it's humor. It's like a bit. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like I again is. <laughs> I hate that I'm getting so deep into the psychology of artists. We're here. We're here. Because like as artists, because the the other thing about Pee Wee Herman, right, is like. He was more or less asexual, right? Like Pee Wee Herman yes, was this like is a good comparison. This just is a good comparison. like, I mean, he was a little like ill girls, you know, like sometimes, but like more or less, he wasn't one way or He's, the other. Like, I think just like intimacy was not interesting to him. And intimacy he, like, is. He likes girls though, because he's he's trying to what Pee Wee's big playhouse or Pee Wee's big adventure is yeah about him trying to get Dottie. Right, back. right, but yeah, and his bike. Right, <laughs> but this is like, I can't again. Even in that scene, I can't parse like Ernest is like sexual. You know what I mean? Like this woman obviously finds it. him attractive and like wants to at least make out with him or something to that extent. And Ernest is like, I can't tell if his brushing off is like. I don't find you attractive or uh, I have, I have to go, you know, like enough, you know, like I got to go rescue Renee. Right. I got stuff to do. Or like, 
the general concept of kissing is not something that I want. To me. But like the movie doesn't do any work. It gives to me the me. gives me the ick. Yeah, like the the movie doesn't do anything to inform because like he's supposedly just like a clueless. Like he can't tell when people Idiot. are sending him signals and like how to read that. But then at the same time, like he clearly wants something sex <laughs> maybe yeah like i don't again i don't know if it is sex but he he definitely wants to woo renee in a way like and <laughs> i don't know why but i had this like thought of do you remember real sex from hbo in the 90s yeah and they used to do those like street interviews where it's like real sex street interviews and just imagine and then... them interviewing Ernest. Ernest, like, Ernest walking up with Renee, like, what do you find it just like in the bedroom? And Renee's just like, I can't get this motherfucker. <laughs> and Ernest is like, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, Ernest is talking about the new boat that he got. And it's yeah. just like... Did you know the propeller? There's four wings on the propeller, but usually it has three. Now, this means this boat was made night, three night, and they're both yeah, and Renee's right just like, you know, how do I get into that? You, you also do that taxi cab show? How do, yeah. <laughs> how do I get into that? <laughs> I'll get on that. Is that around the corner? <laughs> um, well, I guess, oh, man. you know, again, what do you want from me? Behind the scenes of it's, Ernest guys, goes to Africa? Like, they went to Africa. Good yeah, <laughs> the only real trivia to give you is that they filmed this and Ernest joins the army back to back and in Africa and South Africa. That's it. Oh, both got shot in Africa. Yeah, both. They, they turned around and shot them, I think, in Johannesburg and then somewhere else. Um, he was on the run from a mob or something like that. Jim Varney was like, I, I don't know the wrong people money. I got to go to Africa. <laughs> um, but I guess let's let's run it down, Cameron. Go into all of our favorite aggregate review sites. <laughs> I've not seen these yet. IMDB out of ten. What do you think Ernest goes to Africa as? There's no way this has more than a two point five. It's got a four point three. That's I don't I don't like y'all. It's I don't like y'all. I'm angry now. I'm angry. It's hard to tell. <laughs> You know there are I mean? better movies that have like worse scores on IMDb. People generally, from what I've been able to tell, say this is this is the worst Ernest movie. I feel like it's got to be true. Some people are like painful to watch. Other people are like it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> or like classic Ernest, you know. Oi, it is. So I don't. I don't. My ten year old, my ten year old self is. <laughs> This is no classic Ernest. Excuse me. I don't know. Well, going over to Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think Ernest Goes to Africa has out of 100%? This is, this is so fucked. Maybe Again, if it's got more than like 20%, that's incorrect. Well, thankfully, there's only two reviews, and it's two reviews from two people we actually know. <laughs> the guys at Medium Popcorn, Justin Brown and Brandon Collins, are, <laughs> are listed as the only two reviews for Ernest Goes to Africa. Justin says, popcorn. a ridiculous movie packed full of ridiculous commentary. Brandon says, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Both Thank gave you. it Thank one you, out of five. Thank you. The audience score is 29%. Too high. Which, yeah, I can't tell if that's like, what are, what are we doing? Um, but 
And that's out of 5,000 ratings, which is insane that that many people took the time out 5, of their lives. 5,000 people. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. It's funny. I, um, I, I'm in the process of making something, a video, and I was like, not a lot of people are going to see this. 5,000 people saw Ernest Goes to Africa. Yep. Actually, 5,000, more than 5,000 people saw Ernest Goes to Africa. Probably double that, maybe triple that. But that portion alone was moved enough to compose a review and post it on the internet. Because this movie is not even worth that, y'all. Yeah. Well, so here's one of those just who who can tell how these things happen. But on Amazon, there's two separate reviews because there is Ernest Goes to Africa, the, the streaming on Prime. Uh, yes. And then there's Ernest Goes to Africa, the DVD. Which, I'm sorry if you own that. I'm so yeah. sorry. What do you think? Just give me a general star rating and I'll tell you what both are. Oh. 1.5. It's like 1.5. Uh, One and a half stars. Well, the prime streaming version is 4.3 out of 5. And the DVD You're version is four and a half out of five. You're uh, kidding me. Amazon, go on Amazon. Let, I... let me read you this review from, uh, I don't, this person didn't, oh, Vine Voice? I don't know. I don't know how to, what to do with that. But uh, their review okay. says, and this is from 2002, almost realistic. And this, <laughs> I, I'm done. We can, and the pod, uh, it was great talking about. What did he s- um, run that back? Run that back. Almost <laughs> realistic. The first time I saw this movie, I thought it lacked c- continuity. I found it somewhat strange to see Indians, Arabs, and Brits mixed in with the African characters, and thought that Vardy had gotten this geography thoroughly confused this time. I also found that the stereotypes that he was playing with a bit offensive. Many of the characters certainly are politically correct. After. However, after seeing the film again, after living years in the Middle East, I can now recognize the characters easily, and they're incredibly realistic and very funny indeed. Vardy must have spent some time in East Africa before making this film. While he was there, he no doubt visited an Arabic palace in Zanzibar, had some fun run-ins with Indian servants and British hunters, and met some friendly tribesmen who taught him some key phrases in a Bantu language. (laughs) Is this... If this motherfucker is black, are they black? The person that left this review is not black. Vine and so, voice, V-I-N-E voice. Black. I don't know what this means. Oh my god! What? Is. What? So <laughs> they love, they love Ernest goes to Africa. It's almost it's so funny because camera. the reviewer like walked it back too. They were like, at first I thought Ernest was on some bullshit, and but then I, I, was like, then oh, I no, read it back, and I was like, damn, and that nigga spent. <laughs> Fly God. <laughs> uh, Get the fuck out of here. There's nothing as good as on the on the DVD reviews, but I mean people are like it's fun, you know? Classic artist. Boo. So Boo. Um, in a in a fun edition, just because I was like I, I after that Amazon, I was like, somebody speak truth to power. Who knows? Who has <laughs> Real opinions on Earth Goes to Africa. We rarely go to Letterboxd, but going over to Letterboxd, got a 1.8. Thankfully, most of these are one. That's where my heathens is at. One star or half, just just a half star reviews. Yeah. 
And my favorite one is from Parker, who gave it one and a half stars. Oh, no, Ernest, baby, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Ernest, baby, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Which is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's accurate. That is like that is the that is the vibe. Yeah, I don't see any reviews here more than two stars and they're yeah accurate yeah um which brings one of these reviews does bring up an interesting point and my sister brought up this point and i hadn't thought about it and now i'm like do we need to watch this movie again because she was like oh ernest goes to africa are you also going to do ice ventura when nature calls and i was like no no you know what (laughs) i forgot all about that (laughs) <laughs> I I didn't because when I brought this movie up, the first movie that my friend referenced was or he didn't even reference the movie, he just referenced the scene where he's in the rhinoceros outfit and yeah. then wriggles out of the butthole part right. of the outfit. Yeah, yeah. Well, we gotta watch that. <laughs> I guess we have to watch that. Uh <laughs> so Jesus. Um, well, let's put Ernest on our ranking scale. You know the three levels of caucasity, starting with shorts in the winter. We're we're getting into spring now, so white people shorts are appropriate yeah. attire again. Uh, you can you can. It's not like you put them away, but like <laughs> obviously not. Now is the time. Now is the time. Generally, when shorts are an appropriate attire to wear. Again, I don't judge anybody if it's, you know, in the mid-50s, if that's your vibe, if you run hot and you feel like shorts are the thing you want to do, sure, right? But we're talking about 30 degrees, 20 degrees, 10 degrees. You still have shorts on. Very confusing for people who uh, have a sense of internal temperature (laughs) and want to stay warm. And so this is the level that's not hurting us but is confusing us we don't really understand what the purpose was why you made that choice uh and maybe maybe there's still time to make better decisions cameron what's the second level <laughs> the second level caucasity is this movie's touching my hair so at this point you know the you were wearing the sh- you were wearing the shorts the caucasity was completely contained unto yourself hmm. When you start touching the hair, you're reaching out. You're trying to you're trying to colonize some hair. You're trying to question that hair. You're confused about it. It's not necessarily an effect, a full offense because I can move my head. I can go away from the situation. Mm. It doesn't have to impact me. But the intent is to impact negatively. That's the problem. And that's where it becomes an offense and carcassity. Yep. The third level this week it's been it's been a depressing week and we were trying to not yeah <laughs> find something after we talked about Ernest goes to Africa. <laughs> was gonna be... Like you don't want to get to the end of this podcast and then be like, and also the serial killer was black. <laughs> like, damn, like, come on. Not what um, you need. <laughs> so we found something that it's it's we're a week late to it, but it's it fits it fits the bill. Um, Desmond yeah. Howard, uh, if you don't know Desmond Howard, he is a former Heisman Trophy winner. He is uh, an analyst on many ESPN shows, and he was recently on a flight and uh, put a video on Twitter basically detailing the event where 
you see him he's got his mask on you know he's he's getting ready for takeoff and uh apparently the customer next to him who you can you can guess what kind of person they were uh <laughs> <laughs> was not saying anything to him but had motioned over a flight attendant who was talking to him and, and basically was asking you know I, I heard you wanted to speak to somebody is there an issue and he was saying that this person next to me desmond howard had been coughing and like they just flat out said this man is sick and he needs to be taken off the plane i don't want to sit next to him desmond howard was like are you a doctor and the man was like no but i i i don't like the way that you sound you know i guess in terms of like you know coughing or whatever desmond howard says he was just clearing his throat um but you know the man insisted that something be done and then went to the uh check my status i'm sure that you know after that you'll see that you know i i have the leverage the right you know and desmond howard was like please do check his status and also check mine as well uh and after that (laughs) the flight took off (laughs) um and and this man was people went where they were supposed to go was still on the plane and then desmond howard says after he he did this video in which he refers to all of this is just caucasity which we agree with the man Asked the flight attendant if he could switch seats with somebody else. So, you know, that's the level of, you know exactly what you're doing. You don't know who you're fucking with. You know exactly what the hell you're doing. (laughs) You might pick the wrong one. (laughs) But but you you feel like, hey, I've got all these frequent flyer miles. I am a preferred customer. And my preference is this black man, get off the plane. (laughs) And... And we keep it moving. Come to find out that that black man uh, is not even just like a celebrity, but is also like not somebody who's going to be fucked with. Uh, so not going to take your shit. Yeah, it's always it's always a, a good day when somebody tries to pull that card and figures out that they're on the lower end of that status. Uh, then they, they assume that, that they were. But out of these three <laughs> levels, what do you give Ernest Goes to Africa? <laughs> This is gonna sound fucked up with me, honestly. Okay, but I kind of think it's like a one. It's like a shorts in the winter, honestly. Here's here's why. Here's why. Okay. Though. <clears throat> this movie's too stupid <laughs> to be actually offensive to anybody. Yeah. Like I feel like even I know you brought up like my dad who. <laughs> Yes, would not have suffered the fools of this movie, not at all. But I feel like it's such a it's such a non entity, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Ramalama Ding Dong being an actual language, and like random randomized geography, all kinds of cultures. Like, you don't even see, like, an actual black person in Africa until they've been in Africa for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, it's it's it just doesn't understand Africa enough for it no, to actually yeah. be, like, offensive and mean-spirited. Yeah. Now, if there was, like, if we went bone in the nose, if we went, like, full blackface, if we went, like, you know, just you know, the regular old misogyny and world stuff right. and the full-on versions of these things, 
then it'd actually be something to wrestle with and it'd be something to tackle with. But, like, hmm. again, we didn't even have that much shit to discuss on the movie. Like, yeah. Just straight up existing. So, yeah. For that, I can't even take offense at it because, like, it, it, it can't hurt me. It can't do yeah. nothing to me. So, <laughs> you can't hurt me Africa anymore. And we told the niggas, <laughs> you can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> you can't hurt me. <laughs> He took his ass back on America. Like he ain't got shit to say to me in Africa. And yeah. for that, I have to, it has to be like a, a shorts in the winter. It's it, it's not. I'm not forgiving this nigga of anything. <laughs> and also, Jim Varney, R.I.P. The dude's dead. So yeah. like, can't, I can't even do anything to him. He can't do anything to me. But the movie is so non anything that hmm. it doesn't even rank. Yeah, it doesn't even like if there was a zero caucasity. Sadly, there's no zero Caucasian because he tried to fucking, I don't know, scat his way into a African <laughs> tribe. So uh, I guess for that alone, it gets a one out of five for me. Or one out, well, first level Caucasian. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, look. Hate it. Did not like this movie. <laughs> That's right. At all. I, I'm going to have to descend no. <laughs> and go to the third level. For the following reasons. One, wow. Is this the first time we've ever done that? I think so. Uh, or this goes to Africa well, is tearing Malcolm. us apart. I was the first time you were like, no, that. I'm Malcolm. I'm Malcolm tonight. There's three instances of brown face in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Ernest, <laughs> like you said, not only Ramalama ding-dongs his way into, you know, <laughs> but like, the only black people we meet are like, unintelligible bazoo uh, right who like, never speaks or or when he does does so in like a very like because like thompson is like yelling at him and he's like i'm sorry you know but like sorry boss you know Whoa. um cannibals <laughs> or just <laughs> like <laughs> you know what i mean so like that and from what we super fucked up you're what, right what we have to choose from as black people watching this movie is like I don't want to be any of those people. And some of those people aren't me, but like are trying to look like me, which is also insulting. Right. Um, Central Africa is crazy as a geographic location. <laughs> Please. When you, when you post this on Twitter, just like, don't, don't post anything. Just like Central Africa is crazy. <laughs> Quote unquote, Central Africa. But like, and, and again, like Jim Varney as a person, Seem like a chill dude, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I got seemed no, like nice, nice guy. Seem like I got no qualms with Jim Varney, the the person. This shit though, yeah, I don't think our <laughs> beef is. Yeah, <laughs> the only caveat I have is that you'd have to actually sit through the entirety of Ernest Goes to Africa to really That's get the problem. You know what I mean? And like, how many people? But then I read the Amazon reviews, and I was like. People watching Ernest Goes to Africa, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you would think this is one we of those movies. still are doing it. People are actively doing it. Yeah. So, you know, like, Ernest is a is a long-lived character, even though, you know, again, unfortunately, Jim Varney passed away. And Ernest, as a mm. idea, is kind of DOA. Like, there was a, like, momentary, like, reboot possibility son of artist that they were talking about but that was in like 2012 
And nobody said shit about that. I was since, waiting so. for you to say like Channing Tatum was yeah. attached to the project. Because and... um, we didn't even get into the, the reimagining of this movie. Because what the fuck are you going to reimagine if Ernest goes to Africa? You know what I mean? Like, there's no. Actually, I do have a reimagining. It's called Ernest stays his ass at home <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't bother black people. <laughs> Ernest. <laughs> Ernest, Ernest, Ernest wa- minds his own fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ernest watches uh, James Baldwin debate William F. Buckley. Uh- <laughs> Ernest gets woke. <laughs> That's the reimagining of this movie. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think that we need to see that movie. I need to see Ernest Gets Woke now. I will finance it with everything I have. I swear to God. I won't pay rent for like four months. I, I just need to make that movie. But there's, yeah, you know, like the, the, the hard level, I just feel like Ernest endures, you know, to this day, there's still people who, yeah. who really love the character and like are going to be completionists and watch all of the Ernest movies. And like, <laughs> you know, by the time you get to Ernest Goes to Africa, I mean, you're, you're really digging at the bottom, I assume. But yeah, you're scraping, you know, people, people be scraping, I guess, you know, like they're taking enough time to be scraping yeah five thousand user reviews on rotten tomatoes like who got time for that there's no way (laughs) that's got to be like year to date how many people have ever watched the movie i don't i I don't know dog i mean i watched it free on youtube so i mean it's a thing that you don't even have to pay that's true shout out Shout out Freebie. No sponsors. Just just shout out Freebie. Oh, I'm, I'm shouting out whoever uploaded Ernest Goes to Africa straight to YouTube so I didn't even have to watch ads. All that <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's my oh, shit. shit. <laughs> I watch ads. I actually watch ads. Oh, fuck. my God. That's even worse. You got. <laughs> you poor, poor man. Imagine if you had an Ernest ad in the middle of uh, Ernest Goes to Africa. Okay. That would have been. Hey there, Vern. Yeah. Your toilet acting up again? Well, try scrubbing bubbles. <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week. <laughs> don't don't watch Ernest Goes After. Yeah, I mean, like, if you like Ernest... Just, just don't watch it. Please let us know if there is an artist, or at least let me know, I guess, if I've judged Ernest too harshly off of Ernest Goes to Africa. <laughs> I feel like oh, it's... Oh, no, Ernest whack. Ernest is whack. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say... Like, okay, let's get that straight, by the way. I, <laughs> I watched like that one Ernest movie when I was 10 a bunch of times. And I, I grew up... Tw- 25 years happened between then and now. And then I watched another one, and I was like, oh, I hate that shit. Okay. I mean, because like, I, I get the sense that a lot of this is just nostalgia-driven with people who are like... Yeah. You know, oh, but Ernest goes to camp and like Ernest Ernest's Christmas movie and like all you know, like it's it's good stuff. And I'm like I mean, I sure I just feel like I'm not a child. So I I don't Any think more. I would enjoy that. As, if if this movie is indicative of anything, I think I would have a terrible time. Uh so Cameron, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and what you got going on? Um, yeah, I, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the blipster 1138. 
Uh, I think I'm also the Blipster 1138 on TikTok. I'm going to make, I swear to God, I'm going to make t- another TikTok. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I just don't know when. Let's stick with your boy because, yeah, yeah you're going to get that content eventually. Yeah. Um, speaking of eventually getting that content, I also have something coming later this year. Can't really talk about it. Um, but when it does come out and people say I can talk about it, y'all will hear about it. Nope. Um, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JRSOSA18, JRSOSA18. Um, I'm, I'm terrible at like linking these things up with when things are going to happen. Uh, cause. I'm, oh yeah. Cause well, yes. Yeah. Things, things, things have <laughs> happened by the time this episode and time has out. passed. Uh, like I would have been in LA at WonderCon, uh, and I would have been in Chicago at C2E2, but. These are two things that have already occurred. So maybe occurred, maybe yes. you saw me at, at one of those things. And uh, it was nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to meet you. Yeah. This, is, this is the post. This is the, anybody who's saying you shook at any yeah. of these cons, this is shout out them. Shout out you. Um, May 30th <laughs> is going to be the release of the Milestone Talent Showcase, which is from yeah. DC Comics, which is going to have a bunch of the people who are in the Milestone Initiative. I have a Static Shock story in there, so check Ooh, that out. Nice. I recently signed a contract for something that I will talk about when that is a thing I can talk about. Uh, but hopefully, That's how I'll the contracts to, go to get into that soon. <laughs> We've been kicking around. Obviously, we keep talking about doing live shows, and that's something that we're still figuring out. We're and, still interested. And to. Yeah. Um, but we've also talked with a few people like Johnny and Eileen from UK Horror uh, about possibly doing a watch along with some different stuff. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the people at the Key Points podcast. Uh, so we would like to do that. We just don't know how right now. People do it. We just need to figure out how you do that. And when we do. Yeah. We go, we're getting on that ride. We, we all getting on that ride, people, because... So we'll be watching some movies. Yeah, let us know if you'd like us to watch, rewatch a movie, and we can do like a live watch of like White Man's Burden, Bird. <laughs> or it's something terrible. The DVD like that. is still in my yeah, house. Yeah. Um, or if you want us to watch a new movie, you know, for an upcoming show, or if you want us to watch something fun but just unrelated, you know. Like we can we can work it all out. There's options, um, but that's something that we definitely we, been talking we about. swear we like to enjoy movies. We do. Yeah. We swear. And even like we like a bad movie. It's just that you know those I love movies a bad movie don't offend us. They <laughs> <laughs> usually just fun. Yeah, they're usually just stupid. So yeah, that's 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 what we got going on. But always check us out at white underscore pod on Twitter or hit us up at white people won't save you pod at gmail dot com. And we'll be back next week with more Cockassity. Peace. Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.